0: Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines, and we are going to go ahead and get started uh, with some music, um, some praise music before we uh, get started with the actual Sunday School lesson to allow other people to join us online and wake up and get started, grab a cup of coffee and get in groove so that we can get started with our, our Sunday school. But first, I'm going to play some music from um, the Christian Life Center, Jesus Medley. It's, uh, it's pretty peppy, so it'll, if you won't wake up after this, I'm not really sure what's going on with you. So here comes the music, amen? <laughs> uh, good morning, Brother Arlen. Good morning, Bev. Amen. Wake up, wake up. (laughs) Grab your coffee and your Bibles and electronic devices. We're going to get started with Sunday school very soon. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you. (coughs) Amen. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning again. Barbie, good morning. Praise the Lord. watching. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Mm. If I forget, remind me to take my allergy meds. Yeah, amen. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for being here. This is a this is Jesus' medleys on steroids. It's real cool. I hope they have great air conditioning on that because there's a bunch of people wearing seats and jumping around. And... Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. Starting church this morning. Amen. Good morning, Roscoe. Good morning, Clarinda. Now, just for those of you who don't really realize, I don't see everybody's name pop up. So you may be online and I may not even know it. Amen. I definitely have my coffee. That is a mandatory. It's mandatory every time we do this. I'm a coffee drinker too, not as much as I used to be, but definitely in the morning, and usually not more than two cups a day. Now I'm kind of used to be a lot more than that uh, when I was uh, much younger. Amen. Good morning, Joanna don't know if Charles is in the background, but good morning. Nonetheless. Everlasting life, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. I think it's pretty... Um, Apparent of the future of church will so be in person stuff and online stuff. That's kind of how it is. Just to maximize our reach. Options. What did you say? Options. options. Yes, exactly. You have to have good options. Amen. good. And we don't have to keep telling ourselves that because we're trying to hypnotize ourselves. He really is good. He's been great. And um, a lot has been going on, but we are still here. We're still doing our thing. We're still able to lift our hands in praise for what he has done for us. Amen? That's what it comes down to. And and when we do finally leave here, because there's a day appointed for all of us to do that, we'll have eternal life in Jesus. That's the thing we look forward to. That's what we look forward to. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Christian Life Center Orchestra, <laughs> uh, the Jesus Medley, Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. That if that if the coffee doesn't get you up, that will get you up, and vice versa. But uh, uh, if you didn't, then check your pulse. <laughs> Ronnie, how are you? Uh, thanks for being here this morning. We um, we're back for another edition of live stream Sunday School, and we've got some announcements to go through before we get into the lesson today in the book of John. Uh, we're in John chapter 1, just getting started with John. Um, first of all, the part of the complete church experience that we've determined as a church is to make sure that we have a message online as well, too, uh, along with Sunday School, for those who are just not able to get to, to our building, for those who are out of town, who are not able to be with us and um, at church. And so Pastor Gus has a message, God's Continual Call, that will be on the line, on the timeline here in the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page immediately following Sunday School. It will be available for viewing um, not too much longer from now, 20 minutes or so, but uh, it'll be there, but it'll be there for you if you need to have the full church experience, you can have it right here by just staying online and listening to Gus and have him speak. He is continuing his end time study in the the book of Revelation, and it is a... about how God is speaking to people even during the times of tribulation um, and calling for people to come out and be with him and I think that's a very appropriate message for us to keep in mind as we look at that. Um, we appreciate um, uh, all of you for just uh, your support for Akron Fellowship as well too and, and just making sure that you uh, get involved and Stay involved in the word. It's really, really important for everyone here uh, online, and even those not online, but everybody, it's very important for you just to stay focused on Jesus Christ. Stay focused on the word. And we're going to try and do what we can here to make sure that that is taking place. So, good morning, Jackie. Uh, good morning. There are some people that jumped on. Miss, uh, Miss, Miss Laura. good morning. Um, thank you for being here as well, too. Lisa, good morning. Uh, I saw. I think I saw your name pop up as well, too. We just appreciate all of you for your, your loyalty to Akron Alliance. And we, frankly, uh, will just tell you, we invite you. If there are people that you know that are unchurched and you know that are people who are not in a fellowship at all, uh, we are very, very uh, calm and collected. We would welcome you to join us. And if they have a desire to get into the Word, we welcome you to invite them. It uh, doesn't cost you a thing to get involved uh, by getting online, that's for sure, right? And Or if you're in Akron, and, in the Akron, Akron area, have them come and stop by and join us at 11 o'clock at our service in Akron. And with that in mind, please remember also your tithes and offerings for those who are uh, involved with our church. We really appreciate you making a contribution uh, based upon how the Lord leads you to contribute. We have managed through a pandemic and a times that, um, where, you know, we, we have a pretty steady group of people, but we've been holding our own. We've been doing very well with, with our offerings, and we appreciate everyone being prayerful in that area, too. If you are going to mail your tithes or offerings to Akron Alliance, we ask that you do so. Uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. That's the address the mailing address. It's available also on our website. If you have any questions about uh, what we're doing or how things are going, you can always go to akronalliance.org and we'll be there for you to show you information about our church, let you know what's going on. But you can mail your tithes and offerings, as I mentioned, to our our church address that I gave to you. And we appreciate, again, your support. We really do. We want to know that uh, it's important for us to be able to take care of the the basic essentials at our church, right? The utility bills, just and all that. You pay your bills, but then after you've paid your bills and taken care of your responsibilities, you go ahead and pray to the Lord about what you contribute to the church, amen? That's something that's very important for us to always remind people of, too. We don't ask anyone to give beyond their means. I think that's really um, about being a good steward. It means you need to take care of your own household first, of course. So with that in mind, we are now going to get into Sunday school. We are in the book of John. We're going to cover verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 28 today. Uh, John 1, verses 19 through 28. And it is the section where we get more introduced with John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist is the one who obviously was the precursor to Jesus coming uh, into his ministry. They're both alive, but uh, Jesus has not started his ministry yet. It is about to commence uh, very soon just based upon the timeline that we understand and we think that it's important for us to see uh, John the author of the book not John the Baptist but John uh, the disciple the apostle how he indeed has uh, is a great storyteller and gives you information that's very helpful for a greater understanding and I hope that you can appreciate that um, as we go forward here uh, good morning Kelly thank you for joining us this morning we appreciate you being here um, so we're about ready. If you've got your Bibles, electronic devices, we're going to get into John chapter 1, starting at verse 19. And join us every week as we go sequentially through these verses. We, we appreciate you being here. If you wanted to catch the first part of John, uh, we've had two Sunday School lessons already about John, uh, the first section of John. You can go back and look at those online and see the recordings of them. So that's pretty important, too. So you can, won't feel like you've lost a beat. Amen? <laughs> so... Um, John chapter 1 verse 19 we're going to start reading this is the New Living Translation we're going to read through the passages and then we're going to go back over them as we normally do and note that this is about John the Baptist uh, declaring the mission that he has and also proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah which we'll see uh, further down in the text here in chapter 1 So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to study your word. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your teaching through the power of the Spirit. Thank you for the sanctifying power of your Spirit as well, too. Lord, we want to learn and grow more and more. And Lord, you give us the assurance that as we stay in your word more and more, we will indeed grow and learn more we will learn more about how the passages that we read and the scriptures we read and the Bible studies that we participate in really can be applied to our lives and where we are too. And Lord, may we be mindful of those individuals in our lives that we know who do not know you personally. And may we always have a heart of prayer as you have prayed, as you have looked over us, may we have a heart of prayer that we indeed Uh, remember those individuals who don't know you we thank you for the reminders of that as well too lord we want to be close to you we want to be as close as we can be lord where we can indeed feel your presence know your presence know your teaching and have greater wisdom knowledge and understanding thank you we ask all these things in Jesus' name amen Amen. thank you and jesus did indeed pray for us amen Uh, that comes to mind in In John chapter 17, so we recognize that prayer is something that he advocates and he did it himself. And we want to make sure that we are also emulating that same practice as well, too. Let's get to John chapter 1, verse 19 and read down to verse 28. Starting in verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Verse 21, Well then, who are you? (laughs) They asked, Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are experiencing? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? Verse 23, John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Okay, that's John chapter 1, verses 19 through 28. And this entire dialogue uh, from verses 19 all the way down to verse 27 uh, was between Jewish the, the temple assistants, the priests, and then you saw the Pharisees jump in as well too. It's just a communication between them and John the Baptist. And it's important for us to go through this and look at what exactly is taking place here and why these questions were coming from people who were sent out to him. Remember John the Baptist was in the wilderness area. He was running around. I shouldn't say running around. He was walking around, living in the area. (laughs) He wasn't running around in a circle, right? He was in the area. He was obviously, people were coming to him. He was a person of authority, and he, he was obviously uh, had a very very special diet, uh, the, the locusts and wild honey. Um, but he had a reputation uh, that he indeed was speaking the truth and, and truth about, truth about uh, the coming of the Lord and people needing to get their lives together. And that's what he was all about. And so there were people who were curious about that. The priests and the temple assistants, let's go back to verse 19. This was John's testimony, John the Baptist's testimony, when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Now, they were also, those priests and temple assistants were also referred to as Levites. And they were people who had some authority there. And they were respected religious leaders in Jerusalem. And that's where they came from to come out to meet John the Baptist and see who what was going on. The priests served in the temple and the temple assistants helped them. Um, and the Pharisees would also be speaking. We, we that's picked up in verse 24. They were a group that John the Baptist and Jesus often denounced. <laughs> um, and why were they denounced? They were out. They outwardly obeyed God in order to look important, to look pious, to look like they were religious uh, people of authority. But inwardly, they were very greedy. They were very prideful. They were not. in in any way, shape, or form are really people of God. They were just pretending to be. Um, Boy, that just triggers my mind to think about all kinds of things. (laughs) When I think about people who are in authority and who profess to know the Lord Jesus and just flat out, you won't see the evidence of that in their lives at all. Um, And you have to recognize that what you do in secret sometimes comes out in the public. And so we, we recognize that the Pharisees did not have the best of intentions. They, they typically were threatened by any kind of authority that would threaten their uh, uh, ability to hang on to and, and have power uh, within the area where they're at. The Pharisees believed that their own oral traditions, the things that they professed, were much more important or just as important than God's inspired word. And they were very, very clear about that as they communicated with others. So why were these guys out to come and see John the Baptist? Why did they make this point to go out and see this, this man who was very uh, modestly dressed, had a stature of just baptizing people Who, when he proclaimed the truth and people wanted to get convicted? Uh, why were they coming out to see him? Well, they came out for several reasons, according to what we understand. First of all, they did have a responsibility, and I want to make sure this is very clear too, to go out and make sure that whoever was out there getting attention in the faith, they were guardians of the faith. Now, this is something that's a noble thing to do. They were guardians of the faith. They wanted to make sure that it included investigating any new teaching, any new movement uh, that was taking place. I want you to turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Deuteronomy chapter, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy 13, I want you to go to verse 1, Deuteronomy 13, we're going to cover verses 1 through 5, and here Moses is spelling out very clearly what the importance is of being these uh, guardians of faith, guardians of the faith, and the reason for this is because there were a lot of false teachers out there, and we need to understand that false teaching is very prevalent, it was prevalent back then is prevalent today and the the best guardian of faith that you can be honestly is if you know of a a situation where you're not being taught the word then you need to uh, avoid that situation altogether and if you know people who are in that situation you need to speak up about it and tell them that they are not in the word uh and always always have an alternative though always have an alternative uh that's ready to be done here um So just keep that in mind as we go. Let's go to verse 1 of Deuteronomy 13. Suppose there are prophets among you or those who dream dreams about the future and they promise you signs and miracles, signs or miracles, excuse me. Verse 2, and the predicted signs or miracles occur. If then they say, come, let us worship other gods, gods you have not known before, do not listen to them. The Lord your God is testing you to see if you truly love him with all your heart and soul. Please, please make a note of that. The Lord will sometimes put something in front of you to see if you, in fact, are using discernment and making the proper choices and decisions as you go. You have to have discernment in all kinds of things when it comes to your faith. The church you choose, are they preaching and teaching the word? Uh, Is it just a, a dance and music fest or is the word really being preached is there substance to the word is there any doctrine being infused into those churches or those situations that are uh anything that might be unnecessary or contrary to god's word these are all things that you have to determine in your own investigation um verse four <clears throat> pardon me serve only the lord your god and fear him alone obey his commands listen to his voice and cling to him and verse five, the false prophets or visionaries who try to lead you astray must be put to death. That's back in the that's back in the day, for they encourage rebellion against the Lord your God who redeemed you from slavery and brought you out of the land of Egypt. Since they try to lead you astray from the way the Lord your God commanded you to live, you must put them to death. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. Now Moses just flat out says it. And he commands that to the people who are paying attention. Any false teaching of any sort, anything who is leading you towards another God, a place of another another focus of worship, they are not to be regarded. In fact, they are to be put down. Um, and that's something we need to re, re, reiterate here. Now, we're not living under Old Testament law. We are living in the New Testament law where grace uh, is always the key, Right. And you just flat out, if someone is not teaching the truth, you just leave them alone. Let them go. Let the Lord take care of those people. Let the Lord judge them according to their own deeds. And, and we want to recognize that that's important. So these leaders did come out and they had a, a well, I'm not going to say the Pharisees did, but the, the other temple assistants, the priests, they came out and they, had, they were checking out John the Baptist to see if what he was saying was in fact legitimate. It's also referred to in Deuteronomy 18, verses 20 to 22. If you want to look at another reference uh, that talks about this as well, too. So that was the first reason they went out. Second reason they went out, they wanted to find out that John had the credentials to be a prophet. And credentials, well, is he speaking in truth? Is, what is the credentials of a prophet? The prophet credentials are what? If what they're saying actually comes true if what they're speaking is in truth and the credentials of a prophet uh, there you go in Deuteronomy 8 that's the whole point Deuteronomy 18 verses 20 and 22 if you talk about a prophet um, if something comes up that's false they're not speaking in the name of the Lord and that's very clear so that was the other qualification and then they noticed that John had quite a following and it was growing now the Pharisees were probably jealous and wanted to see why this man was so popular. So that's why they were coming out and asking all these questions. Who who is this guy that's out here in the wilderness that's speaking to people about the Lord? He has a following of people. He's baptizing people. um, And that's why those questions were coming. Understand something, um, everyone. In, In the body of Christ, we shouldn't have any rivalries. If we're all speaking and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ we should be all in unity and act in unity with each other. Um, too often the flesh gets involved when we talk about matters of faith. Where the flesh gets involved when we're talking about how popular someone is or how much how much of an attendance they get at their churches and all that, there's a huge emphasis on popularity sometimes when it comes to churches. And I'm not saying that we do that, but I'm just saying that I know that there are rivalries out there. But you should honestly just put those things to the side. It's all fleshly behavior. We all should be coming together in the body of Christ male and female regardless of race, creed, whatever it is. We're all in this together because we're reclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and we want to always make sure that yes, we indeed are checking ourselves and making sure that we are doing what's right and appropriate and that's why we have moments where we do correction, we fix things But at the end of the day, we're all in this together for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together for the sake of the body of Christ. Uh, Within our uh, denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, we are a worldwide movement. Amen. We have churches all over the world. We have people who are uh, coming together, men and women, in different areas for the sake the sake of Jesus and proclaiming his name. Within our district itself, in eastern Ohio and all of West Virginia, we have a group of churches that are coming together for the purpose of proclaiming the truth about Jesus Christ. And may we always, always have those checks and balances within our, our district, our, our congregation, to make sure that we're doing that very thing. We don't have rivalries. We just come together and we want to make sure that we're doing what's correct and, and prudent. Now notice, go back to verse 20 in John chapter 1. He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah, after after people asked those questions, because he knew what they were going to be asking, I guess. I'm not the Messiah. (laughs) Let's start with that. He was making that very clear. In verse 21, it says, well, then who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And then John replied in verse 23, in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. So understand something. In the religious leaders' minds, the ones who were asking the questions, there were four options regarding John the Baptist's identity. He was the prophet foretold by Moses, and that's back in Deuteronomy 18.15. Um he was either that or he was Elijah. Uh, take a look at, um, well, let's look at Deuteronomy 18.15. I don't want to jump ahead too much. Go to Deuteronomy 18.15. Let's see that verse too. Deuteronomy 18.15, just that verse. Deuteronomy 18, 15, just that verse. Um, a new prophet. <laughs> Moses continued, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. From among your fellow Israelites, you must listen to him. Okay, that's the first thing. And there you could read on on your own for that one as well too about who that prophet is. We we kind of figure it out here. Um, He also might have been Elijah, according to them. Take a look at Malachi, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Malachi 4, verse 5. Malachi 4.5 says, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Now, Elijah is one of those things that you have to understand that based upon the understanding that they had in the Old Testament, um, Elijah uh, could have been physically that the, the prophet Elijah that we hear about in Scripture, but um, it actually is making a reference uh, in some way and shape or form to Jesus. But, At the end of the day, we need to recognize that that's what they were looking for. That's who they were expecting. They weren't quite sure. Um, They also thought it could have been the Messiah or it could have been a false prophet uh, that these people were looking for. John denied being the first three persons, uh, personages, and said he called himself, in the words of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Where is that found in Scripture. Go to Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah 40, verse 3. Isaiah 40, verse 3. The book of Isaiah is a wonderful book of prophecy. I don't know if if you've read, um, I hope you've read through Isaiah by now, uh, (laughs) whether it's been in pieces parts, not in one sitting, but it's very rich in prophecy. it's, It's very rich in prophecy about our Lord Jesus Christ as well, too. Uh, And it even speaks about John the Baptist here. Look what it says in Isaiah 43. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. So this is where John the Baptist is, is basically affirming that he is that person that Isaiah is referring to here in the passage. That's why he's using that quote. And the leader's kept pressing John to say who he was because people were expecting uh, the Messiah to come at some point. Take a look at Luke 3.15. Luke chapter 3, verse 15. And by the way, as a special announcement, we are in the book of Luke right now for our monthly Zoom Bible studies. So you're welcome to join us for that when we do that every fourth Sunday. Amen? Uh, Fourth Sunday in the afternoon, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern. So we're in the book of Luke right now. Look what it says in Luke 3.15. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah, John the Baptist. We have to reference him that way, okay? Um, So we understand that John was emphasizing here that only why he had come, to prepare the way for the Messiah, prepare for Jesus, prepare for the Messiah. The Pharisees, in their lines of question, which we'll get to a little bit more down the text here, they missed the point. They wanted to know who John was, but John wanted to prepare them to recognize who Jesus was. I'm not sure the Pharisees really uh, were paying very close attention here. They were threatened by what John was doing. They were threatened by the fact that John was receiving all the crowds, all the attention, diverting attention away from them. You have to understand the Pharisees were looking again. They were jealous. They did not necessarily want anybody else coming around that was going to divert attention away from them. And their stature, um, the, the fact that they were very, uh, they very much were leadership when it comes to comes to the uh, the church and all of that. But at the end of the day, their motivations were much different. May we always be have the may we always have the discernment to recognize the intent uh, of people who come before you and speak about God or speak uh, some things about God. There may be some truths in there, but be very careful and make sure that their intent is indeed genuine uh, as much as you can. You allow the Lord to speak to you through the power of the Spirit on that and pray a lot. I mean, let's let's face it. Jim Jones got a lot of folks to follow him because they did not. Uh, they were not Bereans. They were not going back and checking out the word. They were, they were worshiping Jim Jones. They were not worshiping Christ. So you have to understand that that's very important for you to see. You have to have discernment. You have to have what's necessary to make sure that what you're being exposed to is indeed truth. And I don't want to veer off into Jim Jones again. but We've talked about him enough where I think he's the most uh, blatant public example that we have of what can go wrong. When things seem to be in order and then they really aren't. Um, so we have to make sure that we always pay attention to that. Amen? May you be that same discerning person. Okay, verse 24. Back to John chapter 1, verse 24. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? <laughs> What right do you have to baptize? You're on our territory. I didn't, that's, that's kind of the way that's coming across. It's not a scripture. <laughs> but you have to understand the mindset of the Pharisees. They're, making, they're questioning him because they believe that what he's doing is encroaching upon what they do, what they are specialized to do, what they believe they have the right to do. And then, so, but verse 26, John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. You do not recognize. Now, that's a very interesting statement, isn't it? Because you have to understand, John the Baptist is speaking with the Spirit. He was empowered with the Spirit. We know that he was empowered with the Spirit even before he was born. He was The Spirit what helped him to leap in the womb of of, of his mother, Elizabeth. Amen? And and he he has the Spirit. So he's speaking through the Spirit, and he's speaking through the power of the Spirit. And he's recognizing the people who are speaking to him. They're not going to recognize Jesus. They don't want to recognize Jesus. John was baptizing Jews. Now, let me give you a little bit of uh, extra information here to help you and understand the context of everything that's being said here. The Ascentus, the Ascens, E-S-S-E-N-E-S. It's a strict monastic sect of Judaism practiced baptism for purification purposes. But normally only non-Jews, Gentiles, were baptized when they converted to Judaism. When the Pharisees questioned John's authority to baptize, they were asking who gave John the right to treat God's chosen people like Gentiles. Um, John said, I baptize with water. But he was only showing this. It's a symbolic situation. Baptism is is symbolism. We baptize people in the church. It's not about being saved when you're baptized. It's the result of showing and reflecting that you're saved. It's salvation first. And then baptism is something that we do publicly to show that we're followers of Christ. And what... You have to understand something. The Gentiles were not, according to what was being said here, part of all of this. Amen? They were supposed to be, it was just the Jews that were practicing in that area right now. But at the end of the day, we need to see that John is showing them something different. And John is showing them that this faith that we're talking about, this belief in Jesus Christ, is for all people. And it's not just for the Jews. And so that's where the Pharisees were getting all... Uh, high and mighty and saying, why are you doing this? Who gave you the right to do this thing? Who gave you the right to make this declaration? But we have to recognize that all John was doing was saying that he was performing a symbolic symbolic act of repentance. If people were came, come, came to him saying, I'm repenting of my sins, he would baptize them. He would show them that because they were indeed acknowledging that they had faith and belief in the Lord. And what do we do when we get saved? We have to repent. We have to repent from our sins. We have to acknowledge our sins. We have to acknowledge that we need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And so that's exactly what John the Baptist was doing. And he was giving a demonstration of this and showing people of that, showing people that very thing. And more and more people were coming out to see him. And the Pharisees were pretty much wigged out about it. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. Wigged out. Uh, they were. They were. They were pretty disturbed about it. So that's why they were questioning him and asking those questions. And understand something. John the Baptist is telling them that one is coming, following him, who could truly forgive sins. It was something only the Son of God could do. Only something that Jesus could do, the Messiah. Amen? So that's exactly what was happening here. And I want you to see something that's really important as we talk further in this here. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 27. Let's go back to that real quick. John 1, And I want you to see what John the Baptist even says about himself here. Though his ministry follows mine, he's talking again to the Pharisees, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. And that is something that's really important for us to see and understand here. John the Baptist said he was not even worthy to be Christ's slave. Because he was projecting the one who was following him was truly great. And John was just a man, just like anybody else. And he felt that he was not worthy to even be Christ's slave. Um, But take a look at what it says in Luke chapter 7. Go to Luke 7, verse 28. Luke chapter 7, verse 28. and of course in the scriptures it foretold about John the Baptist being there and that's what it says in verse 27 but look what it says in verse 28 I tell you of all who have ever lived none is greater than John referring to John the Baptist yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is did you catch that look at what Jesus is saying about John the Baptist of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. Do you understand how important it is for you to be part of God's kingdom? Do you understand what, what John's role was, was to prepare people for going into his kingdom? Jesus said he was the greatest of all prophets. If such a great person like John the Baptist felt inadequate to even be Christ's slave how much more should we lay aside our pride to serve Christ and you have to understand something a lot of us can get very prideful and that's where the Pharisees were the Pharisees were very prideful they were not in any way shape or form humble about their walk of faith they did not project themselves in that manner because they believed that what they were imposing and what they were doing was just as important as God's law And frankly, would question anyone who would challenge their way of thinking. And may we always put our pride aside. May we always act in humility because of the responsibility that we have to bring people to an understanding where they can make a decision for Jesus Christ. We as servants of Jesus must be humble servants of Jesus. We must not be bragging before Jesus, You know, there was a lot of people that were out. I, this comes to mind a couple of years ago when they were speaking about, you know, the onset of COVID and I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. And a lot of it, a lot of the gestures that they were making, even people of faith, honestly, were very prideful. And yet those people died uh, because they were exuding. I think I think it was less about you know, and this is just me talking. This is my opinion. Please don't quote. You know, this is just me saying this. Pride is what makes people fall, and and pride is what makes people. If you're if you're coming before Jesus Christ, if you're representing Him, He does not want prideful people doing it. He wants humble people doing it. He wants people who are speaking in truth about Jesus Christ, and not allowing their own personalities or their own opinions to come up and be infused in there and, and just generally causing confusion. So it's, it's pridefulness that we have to always put aside and humility that we always need to pay attention to when it comes to serving the Lord. And that's exactly what John the Baptist is doing here. John the Baptist spoke very loudly. He spoke as a voice shouting in the wilderness. But what was he saying? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was basically making the declaration that the Messiah was coming and that he was showing that it was not he, even though he had many followers and growing followers, it was not he that needed to be followed. It was about the Lord needing to be followed. It was about Christ needing to be followed, and he was humble enough to represent that information for all of us to see as well, too. May we humble ourselves. Back to John one twenty eight, just to give us context as to where this was taking place. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, where John was baptizing. So this was away from Jerusalem. This was away from... These people came out to see him there, and they wanted to know, who are you, John? Who are you, John? Who, or What are you representing? What are you doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? We need to make a report back. And at the end of the day, if someone were coming out to ask you what you were doing, you're just saying, I'm a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak humbly about the truth. I speak in humility I defer to him because I'm a sinner myself. I've fallen short of God's glory, but yet he forgives my sin. Whenever I ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us with his righteousness. Amen. And we need to understand and from all unrighteousness. And that's what we need to recognize here is that we need to be humble in our faith. And that's what John was doing. He was declaring what he was there for, his mission. Can you faithfully declare your mission for jesus christ can you faithfully speak what your mission is do you are you a child of god are you learning the scriptures are you reading and studying the bible daily are you meditating on his word are you staying in his word and focusing on his word throughout the day are you praying uh, all day long as the scriptures tell us to do pray without ceasing this is what it means to live a humble life before jesus christ the moment you get pride, prideful and think that you don't need to do any of those things, that's the moment when you're in serious trouble. Always go back to what it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was a humble servant. He showed us in his life. May we live in that same manner. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this study that you're giving to us to show us who indeed John the Baptist was and what all the questions that he faced. Lord, if we face these same questions, what will we say? We want to say what's true about us. Lord, we want to be able to proclaim that we indeed are serving you. And we're imperfect servants and yet we're still serving you because you're gracious enough to call us to service for you. Lord, we thank you that you have called us out and allow us to speak your truth. May we always speak in strength that truth. May we always do so with a humble heart. May we always do so with a mindfulness that, Lord, we are still growing and learning more about you each and every day. And we thank you, Lord, for your teaching. We thank you for the reminders in Scripture of how even those who are deemed great like John the Baptist will still pale in comparison to those who are in your kingdom, as your word says. Lord, we just thank you for your teaching. Lord, we thank you for giving us the privilege to be in your kingdom. And Lord, if there are people on this lesson right now that do not know you personally, do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, reach out to those people. You know exactly who they are. And show them and teach them your truth. Help clear their minds of the clutter the things of, that are not of you that will help them to be able to see you and your truth and Lord this world is full of those things that just create nothing but clutter in our minds and take our focus off of you Lord we recognize the spiritual warfare that is before us Lord help us to remember to put on your armor every day and we thank you for what you teach us in scripture we thank you for your truth We thank you for your very presence of the indwelling spirit for those who believe in you. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks everyone. Hope you enjoyed it today. It was great. I learned a lot from it, I'll tell you that, just by going through the study. We'll pick up in the rest of John chapter 1 next week. Again, as a reminder, please stay stay tuned online for Pastor Gus's message following Sunday School. We appreciate you being here. And for those of you in Akron, we'll meet you in church. Uh, In about 40 minutes. (laughs) Amen. But we appreciate you being here. And look us up online if you have any questions about anything, AkronAlliance.org or just stay tuned to the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page where you'll see all of our live content. We appreciate you being here. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Safe travels, everyone, and we will see you next time.